Good morning. It's here. Happy Friday Eve. Indeed it is. I know. I know it's Thursday, but it's a it's another it's a positive spin on it not being Friday yet is by calling it Friday Eve. I'm delighted this morning, although she's got a cold and she's taken one for the team. Our friend Jessica McBride is joining me, joining us this morning. Good morning, Jessica. I know you're not good, great. Good morning. Yeah, I think my voice sounds weird. Yeah, because well, I have a terrible, terrible like head cold, flu thing. But I didn't want to let you down, so here I am. Oh, bless your heart. It's very <laughs> nice of you. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, we all have weird voices. So. Uh, let's start by uh, just talking about, I know that you you and Jim have uh, uh, published a few articles, uh, well, more than a few, of about Eric Hovde. He joined me on the show yesterday, yes. and I was very, very proud to endorse him on the air, on the fly. I mean, I just was so inspired by his message, and I believe that, uh, I believe in his candidacy. I think he's probably the only viable candidate that is running on the Republic. Well, he is the only viable candidate that's running on the Republican side. And so subsequently, I'm supporting him. And I know that you and Jim have taken a look at uh, his, well, his qualifications and why he can beat Tammy Baldwin. So I have noticed for the first time in months, some excitement on the conservative side. And I think it's because people believe that Eric Hovde can beat Tammy Baldwin. And I believe that. Like, I think he actually has a chance to beat Tammy Baldwin. Now, she has created this sort of Teflon image in the media until this point, you know, this sort of idea that she's unbeatable or something. But I was talking to a political observer about this, like someone who's kind of deep in the trenches, and they said, you know, Tammy's only ever won in big blue years. You know, she's one with, you know, Barack Obama's coattails and things like that. And they said she has never faced a formidable opponent in a weak Democratic year with, you know, a terrible president who's sort of dragging down the ticket. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, perspective I I wasn't thinking about. Yeah, right. So I think this idea that she's, you know, unbeatable or or whatever has always been a myth created by the liberal media. So enter Eric Hovde. Now, I think he's he's an excellent candidate in a myriad of ways. I mean, number one, I just think he's probably the right candidate for the time because, um, <coughs> excuse me, people are very worried about the economy, right? I mean, it's the economy stupid is the famous James Carville line, you know, during the Bill Clinton years. And people are worried about their pocketbook. When they go to the grocery store, they're upset about how much they have to pay, and this is really harming American families. And Eric Hovde is a very successful entrepreneur. So he is a guy who gets the economy at a very, very high level. So I think like he's sort of the right candidate for this time in terms of his background. He's not really defined as sort of the Republican Party. Like He's obviously a conservative, but I think that He's a little bit anti-establishment, if you know what I mean. I mean, that's kind of a cliche, like the anti-establishment. But he's a little bit like that. Like, he kind of reminds me of Ron Johnson a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's you know, sort of this, mm-hmm. Yeah, this businessman who's spent his life not in politics. He's not a career politician. But, you know, building a company 
building an, a Wisconsin company, not just a California one, by the way, like he has a Wisconsin company. We can talk about his Wisconsin ties in a minute. But he's you know, an employer and wanted, that makes payroll and and has you know like has, exactly has to yeah. answer to his employees. And that I would also say that he is not Tim Michaels. So I've heard this analogy because obviously, superficially, you know, they're both you know owners of of these big companies and these sort of successful entrepreneurs. Um, the difference is Eric Hovde is very aggressive. And I, I don't want to insult Tim Michaels, but Eric Hovde is a very, very smart man. He's very quick on the stump. I think he'd be very, very, very lethal to Tammy Baldwin in a debate. And I just actually think that he's not at all like Tim Michaels. Like, I I have met them both. I've talked to them both. And they just have totally different personality types, to well, be very honest and, with you. And Eric, is uh, he's got charisma. He's got that it factor that you need as a candidate. Yes. And that's yes, just something that, and self-confidence that, that exudes from him. And not, you know, not, um, oh, I know there's a there's a, a spin on self-confidence that isn't positive. I, I just think he he knows who he is and he's successful, but he's also a very kind man. I mean, I, you know, I, I wasn't aware that he had started a foundation that helps children that have been trafficked around the world. And uh, I mean, I have a lot of uh, respect for someone who really kind of practices what they preach and he, he invests in um, Christian organizations and he invests in endeavors that because he's, he, he actually, uh, cited a Bible verse yesterday and talked about how when much is given of someone, much is expected. And, and so he gives back. And, and I, I really respect that about him. So the left is already trying to trash his efforts to help victims of human trafficking. I mean, it's how revolting the, the, the debate gets. And I agree with you. Actually, I agree with everything you said. Um, Excuse me. One one point I really do agree with is he does have that charisma. Mm-hmm. So I talked to him at um, the Tucker Carlson event in Brookfield, mm-hmm. you know, last fall, and he swept into the room and he talked to everybody. He's extremely outgoing, and he does have that sort of X factor. And Michaels didn't, to be really honest. He was a little lackluster. His personality type is just totally different. And Eric Hovde is he's sort of aggressive and confident, but he doesn't seem arrogant to me. Like he doesn't come across That's the word arrogant. He, yeah. he doesn't. He's yeah, not at all. He's no. very personable, very um warm and gregarious and just a, a outgoing guy. And his wife was wonderful too, really warm and friendly. And I just think they just come across like very good people, kind of down to earth Wisconsin people. And so that brings me to my next point. So really the Democratic line against him and Tammy Baldwin's line against him, they're just calling him a California banker and they're trying to say he's from California. And so, like, honestly, that dog doesn't hunt. So what Jim and I did for Wisconsin right now is we called him and we said, we would like to do a, you know, a bio story on you. And I had no idea, honestly, what his bio was going to be. But I said, I want to know the truth about, you know, your Wisconsin ties. And we want to educate voters on just your life and, like, do a feature story on you. And so he talked to us for an hour. He shared family photos with us. You can go on Wisconsin Right Now and find that story, WisconsinRightNow.com. And so let me give people a few details about his Wisconsin ties. 
First of all, he was born and raised here. He went to high school here in Wisconsin in the Madison area. He's always been in the Madison area. He um, went to college at UW-Madison, okay? He, he is from a family that goes back to the 1880s in Wisconsin. It's a typical Wisconsin story. They were Nor- Norwegian in- immigrants to Wisconsin. And um, his, his grandfather started the Hub D Realty Company in Wisconsin in the Great Depression. Okay, so the family business goes back to the Great Depression. That business still exists. It was rebranded. Okay, so that's like it's not Humpty Realty, it's like Humpty Properties or something. But it still exists. He still runs a full development company in Wisconsin and he runs it with his brother in the Madison area. So that has never stopped. Um, the other thing I would point out is he did what a lot of people do. Like, to be honest, I did the same thing. After college, he left Wisconsin for a little bit. He explored the world. He lived in D.C. for a while. He, he bought banks. He expanded banks. He became a very successful businessman. I think this is common of Wisconsinites. Like, people leave for a bit, then they come back. I left. I lived in Germany for six months in college. I lived in Los Angeles for a couple summers. I lived in Washington, D.C. I came back because I love my state. He came back because he's a Wisconsin boy at heart. And he told me and Jim that he wanted his daughter to graduate from high school in Wisconsin because he wanted her to have Wisconsin values. So they, he moved back here with his wife like 12 years ago. 12 years ago. This is not a recent thing. It's not like he just came back for the campaign. He moved back here 12 years ago. His daughter graduated from a Madison high school. And he and his wife bought a home that they live in in Wisconsin. Okay, so do they have a second vacation home thing in California? Yes. He said that he spends nine months a year in Wisconsin. I also don't think it's terribly unusual for, you know, a wealthy person to have a second vacation home. He has businesses in California as well. And he said, I don't want to stay in a hotel when I'm out there, you know, helping run them. But he said, nine months out of the year, I live in Wisconsin. I have this home in Madison. And he said, I pay taxes in Wisconsin. So this idea, and and oh, by the way, he's only had this second home like five years. And it's, you know, so the idea that the Democrats are trying to paint that he's this California banker with no Wisconsin heritage or ties, like he's some carpet baker, is actually really, I think, dishonest. Well, and it's it's insulting, but I mean that's that's the objective of those on the left is that they're trying to mischaracterize who he is, and it's interesting those that uh, oh they are quick to point out that Eric Hovde is a wealthy businessman. Well, what explain to me what Herb Cole was? Um, kind of maybe there are some similarities in family business. Herb Cole very wealthy. I'm sure he didn't exclusively live in Wisconsin his entire life. And so yet those uh, the criticisms of someone being wealthy and successful are always reserved for those on the right. Well, I think it's all they've got, to be honest with you. Right, right. Yeah, I just don't think they know how to go at this guy. You know, he doesn't have a long record of being in politics and taking political votes or anything. Now, they're trying to go at him on abortion, too, like old comments he made years and years ago on abortion. And I did read his response. He said he's for exceptions for rape and incest and life of the mother. 
And beyond that, he said he wants to just let the public decide it. And so he's actually taking a page from Ron Johnson on that. If you remember, that's what basically what Ron Johnson said. He, he, I guess Ron just said the second part, though. He said, I just think there should be a referendum, let the public decide it. And he neutralized the issue. I mean, if you all remember, I don't think his Senate race, I don't think abortion came up much in it, you know, not like the Supreme Court race with Janet and Dan Kelly, where it was the whole thing or whatever. Well, I think so, I mean, for Ron Johnson, the the uh, the success in what he how he articulated his position neutralized any criticisms, correct. and that and I think that that's a a wise move, and I think that that should be something that more Republicans adopt. And I think Eric Hovde is taking a page from that book. And so he just said what I just said, and he was he's trying to drive a stake in that one because they're going there. Beyond that, like, they've got nothing. So their their basic argument is he's a rich guy and he's a California banker, which is, who cares that he's rich? He's successful. No one cares. And like you said, I like your Herb Cole analogies. They're kind of similar right. in a way. Right. Well, like Herb Cole was a fairly humble guy. He had a house in Wyoming, right? I mean, at no, least, at least in Wyoming, I think that there, there yeah, are perhaps others. But and and again, why the the it just it just demonstrates how uh, hypocritical and and what you know really I guess the Democrat double standard in vilifying someone who's successful and wealthy um, on the right, but yet they have the same situation with many of theirs. I call them limousine liberals. And somehow they are not held to whatever standard they're trying to hold a Republican to. Right. And I, I think I think Eric Hovde needs to get out in front of this carpetbagger attack. You know, he's he's wealthy. We've established. So in my opinion, he should probably run ads that are bio ads and come out, put them all over TV. And, you know, he should have the picture he gave us of him standing you know, in front of the family house in in Wisconsin and this grainy old photo when he was a kid and him hunting with his grandpa, you know, as a kid in Wisconsin or whatever, and do a bio ad and just nuke this this California banker line out of the water because they're, they're going to say this over and over and over again from now until the end of the of the campaign. And I don't think it's rooted in much truth. It's very exaggerated, and I think I think he needs some ads just to introduce himself to people. I didn't think his introductory video was that great, to be honest. It wasn't terrible. Like, he's well-spoken. He looks good on camera. He's got a good message. Um, I like his theme, Restoring the American Dream, because it promises hope for a better future and stuff like that. I thought that was good. But I didn't think his his opening video gave us enough of that bio of who he is and how rooted in Wisconsin he truly is and his family truly is. Like, I don't even think he mentioned the word Wisconsin. And he was sort of standing on this nondescript street, and we didn't really know where it was. So I would have done a different introductory video for him. I would have had him standing in front of the family home where he grew up, you know, and I would have had him say, like, here's where I grew up. I hunted with my cousins with my grandpa. Here's Humpty Realty. It's existed since the Great Depression. Like a lot of people, I left to explore the world, but I came back to my hometown 12 years ago because I am determined to make this the Wisconsin that I grew up in, that we 
we all love, you know, and I want our state to improve and be better, and this is how I would run that. Well, and I don't know, he either has 30 or 60 seconds, so cut him some slack, but, I mean, I'm sure sure that we'll see subsequent ads. He's well, got to nuke right. this Democratic attack fast. Uh, uh, Politics uh, is a game of definition. It's who defines themselves and their opponent first. Right. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting Your perspe- hearing your perspective because I had not seen the ad. And the two guys in our newsroom said to me the day that it was uh, released, oh, we saw Eric's ad. It's good. And and one of them, I, I mean, I know that, uh, I know one of them is, you know, not on our team and the other one pr- – well, anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to reveal too much. But I mean, they they have different perspectives, uh, different political perspectives, and they both said that they they thought it was good. And I said, oh, I haven't seen it yet. And you know, then uh, of course I watched it. And uh, I mean, obviously, you and I know much more about him. And of course, we we uh, we know how to do it best. If only everyone just asked us how to do everything. Imagine how perfect the world would be. But no, it's it's. Uh, I it's it was a good first ad, but I agree. I think, as you said, he's got to nuke anything that any attacks and and you know neutralize whatever uh, you know however the Democrats are characterizing or mischaracterizing him and do it quickly. I liked the ad. It wasn't terrible or anything like that. It was a good introductory video, but I would have imbued it more with Wisconsin. That's all I'm saying. I want people to understand his bio and how truly ingrained in Wisconsin he is. Like, he's a Wisconsin guy. Like, he truly is. Like, I actually think he truly is. That's the point. Like, I really think this line they're trying to run is unfair. And so I would just sort of ingrain his ads and things like that with a sense of of Wisconsin and the fact that he is one of us. Because he is. He, like, actually is. And you know, they don't have anything else. So, like, nuke it. Nuke it. That's just my take. <laughs> take it or leave it. Right. You know? Well, and and I think, um, I mean, he, I haven't looked at this. I was just looking at his Twitter account or X account, and he talks about, uh, evidently, the Democrats are worried because they, uh, they started, uh, you know, they started by smearing a charity that, you know, this charity, the Hufty Foundation charity that he and his brother run, to uh, get children out of human trafficking, and um, you know he's not—he's not, he's not going to make any apologies for helping children. And I think there are people that suggested that, wow, maybe it struck a nerve with some on the left that somehow don't want human trafficking of children to stop. And you know, I mean, you could infer whatever you like from that, but uh, I mean, it—it just—it just speaks to uh, how the left really doesn't do a very good job researching or. Or, um, or, or maybe they do, and they figure their followers, their supporters, are too, well, are are not are too uninformed to follow up, so that they can smear and tell lies about his foundation, as opposed to because what they were insinuating, the the criticism of Eric was that he owns three homes in Central America, um, ig- ignoring the fact that these homes were are for children that have been trafficked <laughs> i mean minor i mean that's detail. how desperate yeah that's like how desperate right. they're, they're i think i agree i think they're worried and i think it could dictate control of the senate as you're gonna see piles of money coming in but i, I think they're actually worried and it, it is because they know how weak biden is okay so i'll say what i said in the beginning she doesn't have a strong president's coattails this time 
she doesn't. And Tammy Baldwin is also getting hit from the left really hard right now. And that's actually really interesting, and it's a dynamic she has never had to face, and she's not handling it very well. So she's being followed around by these pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, whatever you want to call them, protesters, okay? And they, they, they hound her everywhere she goes. They follow her in restaurants. They follow her into, you know, campaign fundraisers, and then they... They act like crazy people. So one of them just punched a Milwaukee cop, okay, outside her fundraiser. And then they confront her, and they do this on video, and then they put it all over TikTok. So they're very, very upset because they don't think she's strong enough against Israel. So this has been going on for months. Jim and I actually kind of broke the story because we found all this stuff on TikTok, and then we put it all out, and now everyone shares this TikTok video we had uncovered. But, but... um. She then, typical Tammy Baldwin, because she has no spine or principles, flipped. She flipped and tried to kind of give them what they want, and she came out for a ceasefire, like calling basically for Israel to do a temporary ceasefire, which, you know, she had been against until these people started hounding her. (laughs) And so she's got some big problems, actually, on the left. Now, if when that got- amounted to 2% of the vote or something, that could be the difference in a close election. She does not handle that part. When you don't have uh, principles and values, you have to go, you know, you have to stand outside and, and test to see which way the political wind is blowing before you can make statements. And that's how most Democrats operate. So not surprising that she, I don't know, did somewhat of an about face when it comes to Israel. So... I'm going to give you the option. I know you're you're actually sounding better. It's almost like you're. This is like energy for you. This is recharging you yeah. to be on the show. But do you want to hold over during the break, or would you prefer to just take a little nap now? <laughs> it's up to no, you. No, I can hold. I can hold over. Oh. I think you're you're right. For some reason, the more I talk, it's getting a little bit bit better. All right. Well, that's what the doctor ordered. So we'll hold tight. We shall return. Jessica McBride and I on the Meg Ellison show on WSAU. 